on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Very good evening to you all, wherever you may be. Welcome along to another edition of the Orient Hour. I nearly said the golden years there. I'm on the wrong show. How are you, Christian Wheelers? Back in the studio. Evening. All good, good, thank you. Good, good man. And to my right is Darren Burrows, back from Bristol. Back from Bristol and looking forward to the show, Andy. And how's your ankle? Uh, Yeah, um, Saturday was a very good night. That involved me falling down a hole in a pavement in Epping and... uh, it ain't good. No, it's, it's black and blue, isn't it? It is, but I'll live, Boy. I think. And we, we are awaiting the arrival of uh, Barry Galvin, who is uh, stuck in traffic. Apparently there's been uh, a bit of chaos on the roads, and uh, he should be with us in about 10 minutes, he said. He said a rather panicked uh, panicked phone call through to me just before we went on air. And, uh, and Barry's, Barry's not really known for his uh, great timekeeping, is he? No, he's, he's not la- the best, is Last he? minute Barry, he's always... He's always but he's always good value when he does get it. He does. He's worth, he's worth what we pay him. Yep. <laughs> anyway. I know how much that is. Aha. Aha. Anyway, folks, a uh, couple of matches to discuss tonight, amongst other things. And uh, Wigan Athletic on the weekend, uh, 1 1. And uh, Christian, it, it's one of those games, wasn't it? It was one of those games where, once again, a lot of possession. If we'd uh, had something in the final third, probably would have taken the points. Yeah, I think we had a discussion, didn't we, whether it was a point gain or two points dropped. I still can't really work it out myself, um, which one it was. But it was actually a good game of football. Uh, at times, I felt it was two teams that were maybe playing for the sake of playing rather than being a little bit more dynamic. Um, but after the first, should we say, 10 minutes, I think we was we was good value for you know the goal and, and being in front. It's just, it's just a shame, really, at the minute that we keep giving goals away at, at bad moments of the game. I think that's maybe a, a reflection. Uh, I think Richie touched on it last night in his interview. We are quite a young side. If you take out Prattley and take out a couple of others, um, you know, it's a young, a young. You know, if we're playing a back three, a young, a young back three. We've got youngsters in midfield, um, so it's just one of them things we've we've got to try and learn and. 
maybe kill games off. Shaq Ford scored a lovely goal. It's just a shame that he, he, he just didn't take that, that second chance and maybe kill the game off. I think if he'd, uh, if he'd opened his body up a little bit, wrapped it with his right foot and put it in the other corner, I think we, you know, we could have got away with uh, winning that game. But they weren't a bad, they weren't a bad side, Wigan. I was quite impressed. They're, they're free up front and the boy that dropped in the hole in midfield were, were very, very good players. Yeah, I mean, Darren, uh, Christian said, young side, but we got people like Dan Happy with seasons and seasons under their belt now, you know. At the back, well, I, so. I think that's what um, the manager, Richie, was alluding to when he said he's got to step up now. Because you get to that age, don't you? He's 24, Dan. Hmm. Yeah. And you've got to be consistent. Yeah. If, you, if your career is going to take you in the direction, the travel you want to go in, then that's what you've got to cut out. You've got to cut that mistake out. And I used to sort of call him, you know, a mistake a game player. So I think that's where we were going by that. I thought I thought Wigan were good as well. I, yeah, I, I thought they were good. good. Uh, um, they had the worst song ever. Their fans sing. I, I don't know what it was, but it was rubbish. So and we used to call them the pie eaters back in the day. So yeah. hopefully the pies got eaten in the uh, away end. That's a good point about Hat though, because I think the same for Cooper. I know people have, have have waxed lyrical a little bit for Cooper, and I know he's had some good games. But I think in our WhatsApp group, I, I kind of was not sure early on and. Saturday kind of confirmed that for me. I just think he's a he's a boy that's never really settled, gone out on a, a lot of loans, and really the goal was his fault. And that kind of sums up his performances at the minute. Mm. It, the ball's come a long way. He could have headed it. He's let it drop. He then could have just played the way he's facing, passed it back to the keeper or hooked it out. Mm. He didn't. He tried to be clever. Boys nicked it off him. He's then going nowhere and he crashes into him, gives a free kick away and they score. The only thing I'd say to you, like Christian, is that for me was his only bad game. Mm. What was that, a Cooper? Yeah, I think every game up until mm. then, he'd done actually... I mean, he got a couple of man of the match performances, bear in mind. Well, I saw him against uh, Lincoln and he, yeah. he, you know, he did a Teddy Medza guy. He was letting the ball bounce uh, in the box. Yeah, and, uh, I won't, I won't we say that. to get away with that one. I, I mean, that's, Teddy Medza guy. That's yeah, a good, good one. I mean, you know, uh, that was that what it's what it reminded me of. I mean, yeah. you don't get a defender let the ball bounce in front of them. You know, I mean, when it's coming. No, down, I, get, I get that, but know, I, I, just, I just think he, he was a bit unlucky not to be playing last night. In my humble opinion, mm. he went returns, didn't he? Instead. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I actually thought he'd play Cooper and Hat. I think yeah, I, I thought did. he was always going to go back to the flat back four because it may be the you know performances, maybe the crowd. You know, he's touched on it a little bit that the crowd have got on his back a little bit to go back to a four. Um, and I just thought, given the balance of a right foot, left foot, and the two experienced lads, you know, really turns has probably not even had a full season well, in, in men's football yet, and. You know, Cooper and Happer are probably a little bit ahead of him. On, on the back flat, uh, can't say it. Flat back flat. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I'm glad you can. Um, the only way we could get Archibald up further up the pitch 100%. was to, to go back to that. And, and we had to do that. Yeah. That, that, so really, I, I think that system picked itself. Yeah. It, it was a fait accompli from Richie's perspective that to go back to that. And also, with James and Hunt, you've got two players who, who can play that style. We were talking about the Sweeney, perhaps can't, yeah. of that that wing-back. So, yeah. so I, I like that formation, but then probably that's just showing me age. 4-4-2, kind of... Well, it was 4-3-3, four, three, three, four, three, three. I think I think that's his preferred, um, should we say, formation. The, the the thing glaring from me on, on Saturday was that Theo's just really really wasted as a as a fullback because if we're playing well we're on the front foot and we're flying then he's further up the pitch at the minute and especially against Wigan 
he spent more of his time in our own half and it's just a waste in my opinion. No, I agree with that, but we went to that system because of the personnel we had available 100%. and we did get results playing 100%. it. So I'm not completely against it because I've watched some winning performances and I also like the fact that now Richie has got a couple of formations that, that he's comfortable with playing and hopefully the players, more importantly, I should say, than, than Richie are comfortable with playing it. I think in a minute as well, we are dictated to a little bit by injuries and availability. Always. Right? Um, yeah. We have had a bad run of injuries. Uh, I think after, I think, you know, the, the next big thing for me on Saturday is, one, I think it was a great reception that he got from the fans. You could see the excitement of um, as you're coming on. Mm. And two, he just looked bright as a button. It'll just give us something that be able to run in behind. And for someone that's not played for months, he got two balls across his body and his first thought was just to shoot. Yeah. There was no, should I set someone? Should I pop it off? Should I recycle it wide? It literally come across his body in the shot, which for me is mm. what we lack really. Like even going back to the field, you think how many good crosses he he uh, he put in on Saturday, and we've just got three people that just stand and watch, and that to me is a big waste when you've got someone the, like that. The, the big stat, isn't it, that's been talked about since last night is the the the, the OG, yeah, being our, our third. That's our second, is it? Our second heist? Yeah. Joint, joint second, I think it's joint second heist. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, um, there's a little face tapping at our window outside the studio. There. It's a very sullen little face. And uh, shall we let him in? It's uh, Barry Galvin. There we go. He's just yeah, turned no, up. Actually, and, Brown, um, Brown's header was decent. Brown's header, the ball in was decent. The header was decent. But yeah, that is a bit of a laughable stat. So, good evening, Barry. And uh, he's just... Just getting in. He's not too happy looking, but uh, you got you got here, mate. You got here in the end. That's the main thing. You never are. You got one of them faces, didn't you? Ah, <laughs> yeah. Well, first world problems, you know, traffic and all that. Yeah, I know. I said that you you rang in and said there's a, an accident somewhere, and uh, you managed to get here. That's the main thing. And uh, welcome along. And uh, I'll put some chocolates in front of you so you can have a munch while you're. I'm an athlete. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's told me, hasn't it? <laughs> there you go. Now back to the football and and. On Saturday, um, concentration is the key word here because from the off, Darren, you know, they conceded a penalty. Yeah, I, do, do you know what? As soon as we conceded that, I, my mind went straight to that uh, one we conceded against Mansfield last season in the first minute. And I think the, the taker is under so much pressure, more so than any other, perhaps any other time in the 89th minute. So... Well, I wasn't. I just had it in my mind. I thought, well, they missed the last one we uh, had in the uh, first minute, and he hit the post, and the rest, as they say. Barry, yeah, he was, he was their best player as well, wasn't he? I was he was. When he went off. That he was. He was really good. Scored a great goal. But yeah, I mean, you know, I was surprised to see him miss. But I, I don't know, like you though, I don't know why. I had the feeling yeah. this might not go in. It was too early in the game, maybe. It's so early, maybe yeah. that you think, well, it's, it's still like you know, still fresh and nerves, etc. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, also, I mean, the, the other talking point, um, Christian, was the referee's decision to give offside. And it, it caused a lot of confusion. We'll be coming to that in a little while with, uh, with uh, Matt Roper, who, for whatever anyone else thinks he is, he is a qualified referee. So uh, we'll be getting an explanation of that. But I mean, what was your view of the situation when you, you saw it? I'm not going to lie, I was battering him throughout the game. So was my son. My son was calling him Homer Simpson, actually, um, <laughs> because of his hair. But um, 
No, the, to be fair, I thought the first one was a pen. There was plenty of people around me that, that thought it wasn't. I thought he just got there too late. It was one of them where if he'd have gone on his first instinct, it probably would have got there. But he, he kind of, if you watch it back, he kind of takes a step, hesitates, and then realises he's got to go and he, he doesn't get there. But, yeah, I did have a laugh about the, uh, the offside in the own half one. That was, I just think, at the minute, we are giving away a lot of cheap silly fouls like as I said I've already touched on it mm. the goal we just we, and I just think that comes down to a little bit that we're out of form a little bit that people have got a bit nervous and a bit etchy you know we're on a bit of a bad run of results yeah. and we have you know as I say we say Hap and you know Piggott we've got some people now that have played games but ultimately we are we are quite a young side and sometimes I think we we lack a little bit of Experience that like yeah, even Rob Hunt, he's made a lot of games. That you need, yeah. Rob James, they don't look like, and this not a this not a, a detriment to them, but they don't look like a leader. Say that Darren Prattley would be a leader, that you know, mm. shouting and screaming or Beckles getting people in position. I just think, yeah, we're just getting caught out a little bit with a bit of naivety at the minute. In that position, Barry, where they're, they're they're looking over their shoulder now instead of looking up, really. Yeah, it's really tight in the middle, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't. It depends why you look at stats, isn't it? We've um, we've drawn a lot. Um, we haven't won in quite a while, but I don't know if you've touched on this so far. But I don't think we're playing that badly. I think um, in the middle we're looking good. Um, we're not even making we are making mistakes, but it's just we are not quite having that final pass. I, what I was disappointed, but we'll go into. I'm sure we'll go into last night. Mm. But what is our lack of attempts on goal? I think that's what we're yeah. lacking at the moment. You know? 100% the, agree. The approach play is good. Yeah. We're getting ourselves in good positions. I think, you know, um, it's just our, our, attempt, third again, our, our lacks of attempts on goal. Because if you, you, you're not shooting, you're not scoring generally. I mean, I know we did last night around goal. But, yeah, I think that's the disappointment from my point of view at the moment. I don't see us being dragged into, although you never know, dragged into a relegation scrap. But on the other hand, we're not going to progress up the league or even towards the middle unless we start, you know, making more attempts on goal. Yeah, I think in all seriousness, I, I don't know what you think at this relatively early stage of the season, I suppose, still. Um, I, I, I think there'll be four sides worse than Leighton Orient. I don't think... You, you'd you, like to think you, so. You, I don't think... But we're 18 games in now, yeah. Andy. Yeah? yeah. And those four sides that I picked that would be worse than us, two of them won last night. So I, I don't completely share Barry's... Um, uh, view on this I mean maybe that's perhaps my personality and a little bit pessimistic I, I think we are going to be in a bit of a, a relegation fight um, unfortunately because the forwards unless we can get a forward in in January mm. then I think we are well, uh, Barry, I mean, you learned how to say it properly. Ajay, is it? Uh, how do you... It's Ajay. Ajay. And, and I've asked him. Yeah, OK. Him, and so if you think Agile, that's, that's Agile. the way I've got yeah. it in my head. So you've got Ajay. It's Ajay. My Agile. worry about him is that he's going to get nobbled. Somebody, I mean, you've got your position. You know he's just come back from a, a long, long knock. I mean, that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Like, you might give him a thump, will you, as, as early as you can in the match? I think, you know? I think, you need, I think the thing that's is you, the, the team needs a couple and the lads that yeah. have got only got the shirt, certainly two of them. Right now, Drennan's out injured again. Yeah, so forget forget Drennan. He's done his hamstring. We don't know how long it'll be. Hopefully it's not a well, lot. Of, yeah, know. I mean, but that's, but, that's but, not being rude, but I mean, we're not going to miss the goals, are we? You, 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 now on head. And then, and then Piggott's not scored enough. 
Yeah, <clears throat> and Nor and Raw is the only one with a decent record this season. Mm. So no, I think I think we need to get as well as I agree with your point. That Adji hopefully will provide some of those goals. Yeah. But he Adjoy. needs protecting, especially in these early days when he's just coming back in. He needs some protection because, you know, you know what players are like. I mean, when you be the opposition, what would you be saying to your players? Give them a thumb. Yeah, but I think they're going to... I think it'll be slowly, slowly with him for a bit. Yeah. I think it will be last 20, last half hour and build it up yeah. a bit purely simply because we haven't got the best injury record right now. But it is that we're, we are in that position where we're a bit like... Say a broken record, really. I think he's crying out like my friends come and watch Orient, or I speak to people about Orient. For me, if I always think we've played really good sides, right? Wigan, we played Oxford recently, but and I don't think there's been any difference really well, in the middle. I agree of the with league. that, Christian. I just think it's both boxes where we lack at times. Defensively, we're naive and we create a lot of chances, but we never put the game to bed. So we will yeah. always be. I agree with you, Alan, Andy. Uh, that we're always going to be a little bit looking over our shoulder rather than... That's that's my point. Because we're not taking the chances, because we're not putting the teams to bed. I'm I'm just what you said there. I mean, I like Dan Happy as a player. I think he's he's a player who's still got more promise than he's... 100%. I like him. We shouldn't be saying what we're saying. What you just said, we we are naive at the back. Now, Dan's played enough football matches not to be naive at the back. And I guess Richie's... Taking yeah, a, a bit of a vent uh, on him, uh, you know. Andy, I look at it slightly different, right? Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, that's a human trait. Mm. Yeah, the best football players in that position as a centre half make the least. That's mm. my point. Yeah. You, you know, you, you've got to cut the mistakes down from one a game to, to to one every two games, and then get it to three, then to four, and you get to that point where you are consistently reliable. And yes, you will make the odd mistake. Of course, you will. Concentration levels. That's where Dan needs to go with his game. Now, last night, last night they could have had a couple more. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're coming yeah. last night in a, in, in a little bit. But what we're saying with Dan is he's got to assume an almost a vice captain role, if you like, in that back line. He's got to be in charge yeah. of that because he's the most experienced player there. Listen, I've always sat on the fence about Omar Beckles, but I think given, as I say, given that Turns is probably he's not even played forty mm. games yet. Is it, it, well, when did we get him? January. So he's not had a, a full season. Um, Hat is still a young boy. All right, he's made plenty of uh, appearances, but what is he? Twenty three. We said yeah. Cooper's never settled anywhere and been out on loan. I think we miss, personally, and it's it's not like me to say this, but I think we miss Omar Beckles purely and simply because he's a leader. You mm. need someone in the middle of that back three screaming and shouting and getting him in position. If you have to head a volley, head a volley. The, the difference is, as well, is Turns has come through uh, a tier one top academy where they try and play football. Dan Hapser would class himself as a footballing centre-half. Cooper would would class himself as a footballing centre half, and that's how he got caught out on Saturday. I think sometimes, to to Darren's point, head of volley, minimal mistakes is probably the area that we're in at the minute, and that's why at times I think we have gone this season a little bit more direct than there than is one other, other player as well, guys. Thompson. Now, you yeah, but yeah. you know what? He's played a lot of games at that at that level, yeah, and he's got a lot to prove. He's out of contracts, yeah, in the summer. But if, 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 he, if we can get him fit and play in, say, 12, 15 games, 
Christian. It might be the difference yeah. between us not no, being no. sucked into it. I think some some of it's got to do with the formation that obviously we've been in and out with at the moment, and we need a settled back line. If we do settle on four three three, and obviously there'll be times we have to play to the opposition and play five at the back, etc. But I think if if we get that settled four three three, and it starts to then you need a settled back line. Now whether that be Beckles. I'm happy, or whether that be Ed Turns and happy, or Beckles. But Barry, does, but does anyone get that? Does any team get that? Does any club get that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced they do anymore because the, the way the pace of the game is now, the, there's always half your squad, four year squad, six year squad, eight year squad. Not just Orient injured every everywhere. True, but I know from from playing when I played is that if you've got a settled back five, it, it doesn't yeah, difference. I'm it not really just going to settle. You know settled. each other's games and you know what you want. You know, it's obviously got a good good players, but you you know that unit. Look at the. The archetype of Arsenal one from the from the two thousands, like you know, or the nineties. It's just such a solid unit. I think it's there's lots to be said for it. Hmm. I don't know the answer to this, but have we got is Cooper's is up in January, right? Yes. And turns what have we got for the whole season? They'll probably have a recall, but um, I think it was a season long from memory. Matt Thompson might need to step in if if yeah. Cooper goes back. Cooper could even go back if we've got Beckles injured. Cooper to go back, then we're going to need a centre half as well. But then also you've got the January transfer window, so you've got the chance to get one in. So, right before we uh, hear from Matt Roper, I just we touched on the offside on Saturday, Barry. What was your what, what was going through well, your we've mind? We've seen it a couple of times recently, and the first time I saw it, I thought, "What's he talking about?" He's in his own half, obviously. But then someone told me on a gantry that you can be offside in your own half. It's a technicality, though, and I don't see the point of doing it. I really don't. It just annoys the fans. Might as well just put it in, you know, five. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe they've got to do it. I don't know, but apparently there is a rule where you can be offside. It's something to do with phases of play, which is pretty boring. Right. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have this week's Roper's rant, and hopefully during it all, Matt will reveal all, and you'll all be a lot the wiser. Good evening, and welcome to the Orient Unhappy Hour. Yep, a one-one at home to Wigan. Did you know that ex-owner Dave Whelan once broke his leg for them playing in the cup? And a replica scoreline down in the West Country and social media lit up again like the Oxford Street lights, but with 40 watt bulbs and half of those on the blink. Before I go on, I've been asked by the show to clear up some confusion about the offside law, me being a fat and overweight spectacled whistleblower myself. In the last two home games, we have seen O's players being caught offside twice, where the resulting free kick was taken in our own half. You can't do that, screamed much of the 21,784 crowd. But in fact, you can. The law on offside changes almost as regularly as George Moncur changed his pants last season. And a couple of seasons back, it was decreed that when the law changed, with the law change on being offside being that when you receive the ball or are actively part of an attack, etc., etc., that you could therefore be given offside in your own half by coming back from an offside position and say touching the ball or challenging an opponent. Don't get me wrong, the law can be a bit contradictory and confusing here because, of course, the law still stands that you can't be offside in your own half. But the latter law change effectively means that you are starting in an offside position in your opponent's half, but the offside then occurs in your own half, and thus the free kick can be given over the halfway line. There you go, as clear as a nose pitching them in the mid-1970s. Right, back to the autumnal doom and gloom. Over the past couple of weeks, I've reminded listeners that I'm not a happy clappy and that I rather choose to go with the definition of glass half full. 
Now, don't get me wrong. After no wins in seven, I've had a few more sips out of that glass. And if we were to exit the cup on Sunday, then it's time to get another round in. But the hyperbole on social media does frustrate me a bit. Last night's game against Bristol Rovers wasn't exactly a classic, I'm told. I cannot comment too much because I didn't see it. And was busy coaching my under-16 under girls team and sending people off in five-a-side. But surely most points gained on the road are just that, points gained, no matter how good or bad the performance. Think back, older O's fans, to the mid-90s when you had to wait two years for a victory and a draw on the road was like winning the lottery. Yes, we appear somewhat slow, somewhat lethargic at the moment. And yes, maybe you can even go so far to say there's not much to write home about. The top of the park is an ongoing concern. Team selection and formation can seem a little baffling at times. But whilst we haven't won in seven, we've only been beaten in two and then by the odd goal in five to a top two side. And we all knew how Lincoln was going to pan out when the lovely chaps at EFL headquarters stitched us up yet again. Not winning becomes a habit. But then surely the flip side of that and the genuine reality is that not losing becomes a habit. Perhaps the real stat to look at here would be how footballers changed with three points for a win when it was introduced back in the early 80s. You could draw six in a row and remain undefeated for several weeks. But if you win three and lose three, you'll actually have three more points on the board. Look at it this way. In this league, you likely need around about 75 points for a playoff berth. If you win 23 and lose 23, you'd actually be only two victories away from a magical sixth spot. Yeah. Losing 21 games and you could still hit the playoffs. Once again, injuries seem to be hampering team selection and formation. That is no one's fault. Let's not go there with the, oh, it must be a problem with our medical and rehabilitation teams. And let's not go there with the fact that if someone doesn't start, it must have been a massive bust up in the changing room. Sometimes injuries could just be bad luck. And sometimes, because we don't see things from behind the scenes, a player could be out because of an attitude problem. That's the manager's call and no one else. Last season, we rarely suffered injury problems. And most teams that are successful do it first and foremost because a manager can pick a con consistent, decent 11. It's not an excuse, though. Football's a team sport and it's no good having an electric first 11 if players number 12 to 25 are just nowhere near good enough to fill those shoes when players are in the treatment room. On to budget, and this one has really irked me. Over the last week or so, I've seen several comments bemoaning that we have, as the board and manager have put it, already spent some or much of our January budget. The same old faces and a few new ones have jumped on the bandwagon that why on earth have we spent? Why on earth have we spent at the start of the season and oh my God, we're doomed for a relegation dogfight because the company's bare. These are the same supporters that would have moaned like mad at the start of the campaign if we didn't fetch in players such as Graham to cover the injury situation we found ourselves in after several friendlies. Yes, I'd love the ball to OK another half a million for Richie, but we've got to live with a little bit of reality. No matter how many donuts Nigel sells, his bank account isn't a bottomless pit of dollars and we have to be sensible with budget especially when you remember the last one that was here that flashed the cash. How did that end up? Just remind me. Wheeling and dealing in January is going to be crucial. Up top is likely a primary focus. 
But an out-and-out goal scorer is hard to find at the best of times, let alone in January. And as such, we'll all be placing heavy pressure on the soldiers of, shoulders of Dan Aggie, a return which has given everyone a little lift. Wellens alluded to the cup game last night. We all know and understand what a win and a handsome away tie to say West Ham or Manchester United would do for the board's finances. There can be no doubt that if the Arsenal game in 2011 bagged us close to 750k, then a trip to Old Trafford would likely swell the coffers by a million plus for just 90 minutes of football. And then you could argue with goodwill that the ball could then release, let's say, even a third of that and bolster Wellens war chest by 350,000 or more, while still lowering our losses by well over half a million. It's a win-win. But of course, the two big stumbling blocks here are getting a win on Sunday and having our ball magically pulled out of the rotunda by Dion, Dion Dublin or Lee Dixon at the right time. But for now, I'm going to have the sip. I'm going to sip on the final bit of my glass quarterful and rant, rant elsewhere about the ludicrous changes being discussed by IFAB, the lawmakers, about using VAR for fouls and corner kicks. Don't even get me started on that one, or I'll do a whole show on my own. Up the mighty O's. Oh, thank you very much, Matt. Uh, well, it wasn't a bad one, was it? Hope uh, your your understanding of the uh, offside rule and uh, offside law, should I say, is uh, enhanced by that. And um, not often you can say you learnt something from Matt Rope, is it? <laughs> no, okay, okay. <laughs> credit Matt, credit Matt, because yeah. I thought he explained it really well. Yeah. And when I listened to it earlier, because yeah. um, being a professional that I am, obviously I've come prepared, Andy. Yeah, well done. And um, I had nothing better to do. Failure to prepare is preparing <laughs> to fail. That's, that's Absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it, it makes sense to me now, to be fair to Matt. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, no, I mean, it's, it's, it does make sense now. But they keep changing the blooming laws. It's, it's, it must be hard. I mean, the players alone, you learn the law and then they change well, it again. It causes indecision. It causes confusion. And, do know. you know what would be really good? At the start of every season, if the clubs actually alerted us to this and actually put something out, because we're all trying to follow the game, and to a certain extent, we're all—I wouldn't say mug punters, but we're all punt. You know, we don't—we don't have the time. We're all busy lives, to, to, so we need to be brought up to speed as, as customers. <sighs> well, punters, we, we, before we fans. move on to last night's um, affair, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about simbins. And um, as once again, we've law changed. There's a few shakes of the head, but actually it's something I always thought was quite a good idea. And I thought, well, instant punishment, you know, you can go from being 1-0 up uh, to 2-1 down in that 10 minutes or whatever the players sent to the Symbian for. I know Barry's shaking his head and Christian's shaking his head. And isn't that the one, one thing that bugs me about the game is time-wasting, yeah? You're just going to encourage more time-wasting. Anything goes to Symbian, it's, oh, I fell over on me laces, oh, we twisted sock and, you know, my mate's got to take the throw in and, oh, yeah, it's just, nah. Nah, time waste. It just encourages more time wasting. You're in Symbian for five minutes, you've got 10 men, five minutes, that's it. Well, what, what if you get put on the Symbian for time-wasting? Yeah, but then the time wasting. Time wasting and it, you know, I just think it's a bad idea. The time really, wasting surely is being taken care of now because the amount of time added on, we're almost at another match at the moment. Yeah, if, <laughs> if they do the so. thing they, which they never will, where they stop the clock, right? Yeah, then yeah, Simbin, great, because it's a real punishment because so, it's, it's time on the pitch you're missing. But until then, until they stop the clock when the ball's out or the ball's dead. Then no, not for me. I mean, yeah, there are accusations. I think you may have said, uh, you know, Chris, that they were they were Americanising it a little bit too much. Sorry to the American um, fans and listeners, but um, you, you know, the thing is with the with the American football, of course, the ball's in play when the clock's running, the clock stops. So it's a sixty-minute situation. Is that something that perhaps I know you're against some of the things? Is that something that you think should be happening? Ball in play, stop 
stop clock. No, I just think stop meddling with stuff. Like I saw an article today or yesterday that how Web is um, fast tracking. I think it's eighteen former professional footballers to be refs. Uh, saying mm-hmm. that I've said for years, I'm not digging out refs, but th- there's nothing wrong with a beautiful game. There's nothing wrong with the rules. They just need to be governed better. It's the same with VAR, right? I just think you're bringing in all these gimmicks to try and find the answers to problems that wouldn't be there if they'd done their job better. Like I'd, I'm going to sound old, but I can remember playing in the Southern League that year that they brought in kick-ins instead of mm. um, throw-ons because they wanted to play make the game quick. It didn't. All you got is just a team full of six foot eight giants. Any any throw on was just spotted down, launched in the box, and and this that that will be like percentage football. Barry, yeah, percentage football. Yeah. Like what Barry said, and you know when we spoke about it in the WhatsApp group, I just I watched a lot of non-league games. I normally get out on a Monday and Wednesday, and when I've watched leagues with the Simbin rule, is that the team that's down to 10 men for 10 minutes just drop to the edge of their box, punt it, and to Barry's point, just waste as much time as they can so they can get their mate back on and then the game go back to, the no- to normal. I just think, if you're going to go like that, why don't you start with, if you're going to go rugby, why don't you just start where you've you just got to get rid of the, the descent in football and you've got to get better, better rest because I just think that that's the problem. Like, you brought VAR in, but you've got no one that can seem to manage VR. Well, they're still making mistakes doing it, aren't they? Well, I I watched, as I say, I come home last night from my boys' training and I watched Newcastle. Like, Darren made a great point about our WhatsApp chat about when we talk about Simbians, about you go all the way to Plymouth, someone gets sent off in the first minute wrongly, it might eradicate that. But, you know, flip side is we bought VAR to get rid of that and now you've got all them Geordies that have gone out to Paris and they've conceded a penalty in the 96th minute never been a penalty because it literally the rules is now if it hits your hand regardless it's a penalty you just got to, you just got to govern the game better rather than all these silly gimmicks mm. in my eyes I mean my, my view Darren was that and I've said it before I think on this show the only thing we needed was the goal line technology to, <laughs> to ensure that the ball was over the it, line it, it, it's interesting because I was a big sim been fan and I've watched a bit of non-league football as well and I watched a game where I watched the same player get Simbin three times and it was uh, team local to you Clacton alright uh, and they were playing um, Ilford alright and uh, sorry Rom- Romford Romford or Ilford but it was right. it was a great game great game and the same player yeah got but I, I perhaps you know about a, 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 um, Christian thank you knowledge on this because I do. I didn't really sort of take the point till we said that about they'll just then waste time till both Barry mate and Christian. So definitely go line technology. Yeah, hundred percent with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, last night. Let's move along. Last night's um, event, of course, uh, away at Bristol Rovers. One-one uh, draw, as uh, Barry touched on earlier, an own goal, a late, late own goal, uh, salvaging a point for late night. Before we discuss it, let's hear what Richie had to say to Dave Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. That was a point gained, wasn't it? <coughs> no, two points lost. Was you watching the same game as me? Okay, go on. I thought we were totally dominant. I thought we were brilliant. Um, yes, we do need to create more chances and players need to produce more piece of skill, more cleverness in the final third. But apart from the 
in the first half, they had a breakaway and a free kick, and which he scored on. It's poor from our part. The setup is poor, and then we shouldn't be having letting good players have a strike from the edge of the box. Um, but in not really any danger. We had a good chance early within the first minute where Shaq went through, but his touch wasn't quite at it. Um, and then second half, it was just like. You know, I'm watching from the sideline I never remember looking right it was always to the left it was always in their half we're asking questions our football was smooth at times the system really suited us but we just need to make more more clever runs unselfish runs for the people to pick up space uh, and then apart from when we went to 1-1 and Brownie does the, the back header and the Marquis goes through and then the corner then didn't feel under any threat in terms of, of, of the whole game but um I think when you equalise in the 90th minute, it's a point gained. And I understand your question, but the performance was was as such that we deserve three. I made it ten corners. Are you sort of concerned that they're not creating clear-cut chances from those? Yeah, I mean, we played we play quite a few short today, and obviously with the with, with Pigs not starting and with Brandon Cooper not starting and Pratt's not starting, then our size is is diminished a little bit. So I understand that. Um, we had a few. Dan, you back okay? Yeah. I, was, I was worried then he was holding it um, we had a couple where it fell to us on the, on the edge of the box and then obviously we scored from one set play so um, and listen we need to be better from set plays but two most important things we set set plays is the delivery so we need the, we can't control the delivery that's up to the players to practice their technique and put it in the right areas and then the intensity of people's runs Um you wonder why West Ham scores so many so many set plays is because Ward Prowse practices, practices, practices and he puts it on the money and then you've got some big lads who are really determined to run his spaces. So we're a young group and we need to be more more aggressive at set plays, but we'll get there. You just uh, checking on the fitness of Dan and Jay. He looked very sharp when he came on. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love Dan to bits. I think since he's come to the club, he picked up a bad injury, but his smile is an infectiousness. He's... Is for, see, is for everybody to see around the place so can't wait to work with him I think he gives us a threat that if people go tight he can <coughs> produce, <coughs> sorry, produce a bit of skill to get the other side of people um, I thought Shaq was okay but obviously Saturday, Tuesday for him is a bit of an ask at the moment um, I thought Phil was good so um, some, the only problem again things went against us today with Tom James and and and, um, and Driz coming off injured we then had to be careful because we only had one other opportunity to make a sub and Theo was just holding his back so um, we just need a more of a we need more attackers one for competition one to carry on what we were doing um, we had that last year when, when three players are starting and, and then you sub three on and they continue to do what they, what they want but I thought our setup was good I thought tactically we were very very good and you're coming up against it. them in the final third are really good they're clever, they reverse passes, they chop people. Um, and I think they've got some good players in. It's a good club that are well supported. Um, having some good banter behind the, behind the dugouts of us, slagging my jeans off. I don't think they're that bad. Can't. Um, so, yeah, a bit of good banter with them. Good club, good point in the end, but I think we should be coming away with three. How significant are those first half injuries? TJ was a dead leg wasn't going to start this morning but we decided to take a risk because you know with a dead leg you're not going to make it any worse it's just the um, chance that it might seize up if he takes another knock on it uh, Drennan's looks like a hamstring injury so that's not great Is there sickness in the club? Is there a, a reason? Yeah, uh, no, Monks has got so Monks uh, he, he's ill Galbraith pulled out yesterday he's been struggling with a 
a, a back spasm for a, a bit. Um, who else is there? And they're the two that came out of the squad from, from Saturday. So, yeah, we've just... And I'm, I'm, I've been desperate to get back to a four for a long, long time. I see the pictures clearer. I know exactly what I want from my team, but we've just not had the personnel. I mean, a fan... We played a game the other week and a fan is saying to me, Rich, go, go back to a four. Put wingers on. <laughs> John Graham's injured, Phil's injured. We've literally not got one fit winger at the club. I'm always loath to put Ruel out there at the moment because they go for it through the middle. Um, but I see a developing team. And I understand we've not won enough games in the last five or six, but I see a developing team that once we, we do start to impact the goal more, that there's not a lot. We don't concede many chances. Um, I see a lot, a lot of positives. So um, we keep going, we keep improving. Um, fans were good tonight, long way on a Tuesday night. So a lot of positives. I'm glad we got, we, we deserved at least a point from that game, Jesus. And we moved to the cup now on Sunday. Chesterfield riding high in the National League. Were those players that are ill or injured? Were they being contention? Um, <coughs> Monks potentially will be okay. I think TJ. Dan Hart was struggling with a, with a dead leg but he got through I thought Dan was excellent I thought he saw many good performances tonight um, TJ should be okay um, and we just have to wait to see what Keats can do with Galbraith because back spasms can be quick but they can linger on a little bit um, and obviously Drinham will, will be out And how important is the cup this season for the O's? Well listen I mean I don't think I've ever had a good cup run because I've always been either gone into a club where they were already out of the, club, out, out of the Cups or then my remit my remit at Swindon was was to try and get in the top seven so I wanted out of the Cups as soon as possible my remit last year was to get in the top seven and I wanted to get out of the Cups as soon as possible because it can be great having a Cup run no one remembers when you get to the fourth round and you get Stoke away no one remembers that people remember people will give we give people lifetime memories last year um, which I hope will stay for him for a long, long time. But this year, it's a little bit different. Um, financially, it's helped. We need a couple of players in. We're short on bodies. And if you give me the tools, then I'll produce the results. But we need to produce the results to bring some finances in. So hopefully, it can help us in, in January. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Dave, and uh, thank you, Richie, there. And uh, Dave didn't get many words in there, did he, really? I mean, Richie was um, going for it at times. Um, what did you make of that, Dal? Uh, what did I make of that? So, f- first of all, I um, noticed the way that Richie sort of mellowed towards it, being two points dropped, uh, eventually admitting it was a point gained. I thought that was quite interesting. I think it's difficult when you stick a mic in anyone's throw, f- you know, face like that straight after a game. And it, it's generally in fairness to, to managers to within the, it's about 20 minutes after the game that they're interviewed. So, so I'm a, I always come a little bit slack for that, if, if I'm honest, because I know how I can react in the heat of the moment. Um, and then you'll come on, I know, to the bit where you're championing a bit to talk about, which was, is he putting the ball under pressure with those comments? I, I think he's pushing it. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think he's pushing his luck a little bit. Myself, well, but, yeah, uh, but then, then um, you, you want that from your management? Uh, listen, I understand his position, but he's got the players, that he, for all intents and purposes, he's been given the players that he's asked for or, or wanted, um, 
I'll take it. I mean, I can't I'm, I'm not so sure that, but that, that, that's his point. His no, point uh, is that he now saying, needs give more. Me the, give me the tool. <laughs> I think that's well, his point. Look, in one side, every manager wants more, right? Yeah, every manager exactly. wants that better player. He wants that. Come, give yeah. me another 500 grand. Give me another million. You know, and I can do this. I can do that. Every manager does that a bit. But I think you, th- there is a line where you, you and, and as you just touched on, you're interviewing somebody in the heat at the moment, if you like, just after when, when emotions are quite high still. Um, but, I think Richie's got to watch how much dirty laundry he does in public. I think that's the sort of thing you discuss with the board at a board meeting and and and, and with nah. Martin. Andy, they're all, they're all big boys. I know yeah. that, but I don't and, think and, you should and be going you, out. They can all, all deal with a little bit of, um, how can we put it, uh, ballroom... Um, Ballroom, uh, ballroom's take on... Ballroom's take on um, a serious tone. Yeah. But they have to take on a serious time. I mean, what I'm saying is you don't switch the pressure from yourself to the board, which is what I feel... I don't know what your take on this is, Christian, but I, I, I think that's how it came across. And whether he intended that to be the case, that, that to me, that's how Good it's... Good for sounds. him as a fan. That's what I that, want that's, from him. That's OK. It's, it's, it's about opinions here, but I, I, I feel he might be pushing it a little bit too much, Chris. What do you think? Um, I think we're all massive Richie Wenham fans in this room. We are, but... but I would say probably it's the first time in his tenure at Orient that he's probably feeling a little bit of pressure. Um, the crowd, there's 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 whispers of, you know, he said in the interview, you know, he's got a bloke behind the dugout telling him what formation to make. I would say that recently... What's that? Yeah, of course, but, you know, he's had a, he's pretty, had a pretty... You know, an easy ride. Uh, I love Richie Wellens, but do I, of late, have I questioned his selection? Yeah. Have I uh, questioned his formation? Yeah. The one thing that I would pick up on recently with Richie Wellens is we've got a very young team. We've touched on that a lot tonight. And we're inexperienced in certain areas at the moment, right? He asks a lot in his interview for composure, whereas... To me, Richie is showing less composure on the touchline than he's ever shown. And teams are a mirror of their manager. So if a manager's acting erratic, and he said himself in an interview the other day, he needs more from himself, I think our team will be a little bit more erratic. Did I think he, did I think he pushed that a little bit? Yeah, I did. But to Darren's point, that, that does happen, right? And people always want more. And yes, we've probably been a little bit unlucky f- for injuries. I do think there'll be people go out in Jan. If I was in Richie Wellens' shoes, I would get people out in in January. I would try and offload Monker on loan. I would I'll try and offload a couple more on loan that are spending money because we do need some reinforcements and probably taking half of your point and half of Darren's point. I don't know where how much money you'll get in January or whether they'll say to him. You've had your dough. You need to, you need to try and find some from within what you've got because we are, we are lacking probably a little bit of experience down the middle of the team, mm-hmm. and we are missing an out and out goal scorer. Whether A comes in or a guy comes in and tears it up, we're still one short. I think. Up so top. The, the problem, Bauer, is that as Christian just said, you 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 know favourite to to be farmed out maybe Moncur, but he's on you know sizable wages now. Even if Orient end up paying 50%, let's say, of his wage to get, get him out of the building. That's not going to give him that much of a budget wage-wise to bring somebody in, is it? 
No, but I mean, that's football, isn't it? You know, January transfer windows. It happens to many teams, I'm sure. I don't know what's in his mind. Um, you know, like Christian said, we're all fans here, Richie Wellen fans in particular. And I like a manager who wears his heart on his sleeve, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what the politics are behind the scenes and I wouldn't want to guess it. But, um, yeah, I think um, that's just football. And I think we're, our expectations, as we know, is, well, from, from the club, is between 8th and 16th. It's to be in that mid late. We're towards the bottom end of that at the moment. We are still in, in, in our expectations, if you like. Um, December's quite important. Come January, if we are in the bottom four, that may trigger a certain, you know, a different attitude. From, from, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, have they got a, a, a preset? Whereas if we're, if we're comfortable, then, then the budget is X. And if we're, we're not, then the budget is why. I don't, I don't know that. I'm just imagining well, it's that a that good might point. change things. It's yeah. a valid point because if the, if the situation is, Barry, that the team is sort of like, they're going to finish about, you know, eight off bottom. They're not going to get relegated, but they're no way going to make the playoffs. How much do you spend now then? Because you don't want to waste money that you'll be using in the summer to build a stronger well, squad. It's well documented, yeah, that the uh, money to sign Jordan Graham came out of the January budget. So we know that the club have been open about that, yeah? So it will come down to this. I agree with you. It, it will come down to the facts. I, I totally agree. I think that's completely correct. If we need to spend the money, I agree. I think they will. Because the board have always done that when they needed to. So I think from Richie's point of view, it's a little bit, little bit of be careful what you wish for. Because we could be spending the money because we have to, as opposed to we want to. Can I, Darren, you, you, like, you run companies, I run sales teams, and just looking, I'm a big believer in body language, playing devil's advocate, for the first time ever, do you think Richie Wellens is happy? Do you think he's got that nagging fault where I won the league last year, I'm probably, my stock's pretty high at the minute, if I don't get what I want, or we keep suffering these injuries, or at my, my you know, bad spell continues... I'm maybe not going to get the move that I want up the up the pyramid. Because Saint don't seem right at the minute. He seems agitated. I'm not so sure the players seem overly happy right now. So I'm just playing devil's advocate here, by the way. I'm asking you what you, what you think. I can see why you're saying that, on number one. So I've, I've got it as a slight concern, yes. I think the... Was it one, one... No wins in seven? Yeah. So it's his worst period... Orient, yeah, but the but is this he clearly has had a very, very good relationship with the board, with Ling, with everybody. So, am I concerned that, that um, he's gonna be perhaps looking at the situation in his own light? Well, he should be because that's how you get on in life, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to take a selfish view of things, so that's why I think he is pushing for more. Because he doesn't want failure on his CV. None of us do. Yeah, I, I think it should be pushing for more, Darren. My point was that I know it's the heated moment when you're just after the match and things can be said in the heat of the moment, but that's the sort of thing I think he should have Okay, so let me quote you an example of the reason we like that. So Nigel's style of management is to say to his staff he likes pushback. Yeah. Okay. Now, for me, there's a bit of pushback going on there. <laughs> yeah? 
Now, Careful what you wish for, now, Nigel. Now, I don't know Nigel well enough to know yeah. whether he likes pushback in private or he likes it public. <laughs> there was, there was, <laughs> that, that was, well, that's, I'm, I'm using Nigel's words. Yeah, okay. That's the language he uses. Do you mean feedback? No, 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 no. no. It's all about, it's all about yeah. management being able to accept that they sometimes need to hear unpalatable truths from staff. Yeah, and that's, that's actually enough. how that's good fair. businesses should be run because the shop floor is often more in the know of what's going on than the hierarchy. So yeah. I, I try to adopt it myself. Yeah, but it's a point where you, that's, that's fine in principle as long as somebody doesn't overstep that mark and just make it too critical because then... But, but, the, know, the, the, that, uh, but that's the interesting thing. With that style of management, there's always going to be one or two people that you can perceive as overstepping the mark. So I, I don't know the culture of that, as I say, that well, Andy, but I, I get, I, I'm cutting Richie some slack saying that that is the culture. Yeah, well, I say we're all, we're all Wellens fans. It's just, uh, you know, on that interview, I think he was pushing it. But that's, that's a great discussion because it's all about opinions. And I'll tell you what opinion we're going to hear now. Dave Victor's. On a night when nothing appeared to go right for Richie Wellen's side, they dug deep, demonstrated character and resolve to secure a precious point. There was more incident in the additional minutes at the end of each half than the rest of what was an untidy affair. Again, the O's conceding just before the break, having failed to deal with the initial danger presented from a set piece. Again, late nine struggled to present any sort of threat from corners, ten forced at the memorial ground. And once again, injuries and illness limited and frustrated Richie Wellen's plans. Galbraith and Moncur unable to be in the squad. James and Drynan exiting in the first half. Late Noent appeared to be better balanced, having returned to the flat back four, getting more possession. Theo Archibald working so hard down the left. And when Dan Ajayi came on for the final ten minutes, Late Noent were able to pin back the home side as they desperately tried to cling on to a slender advantage against the O's, who were finally creating openings down both flanks. There were also positives to take from Saturday's draw against an impressive Wigan scene. The return of Jordan Brown and Theo Archibald had a huge impact on the performance. Shaq Ford, given the opportunity to start, and the Watford loanee took his goal so well. Had Ford accepted the chance presented to him just a minute later, it would have been a very different game. For weeks, the faithful have been asking for a much-needed addition to the O's attack, and the appearance of Dana Jay for the final 10 minutes was a welcome surprise. The powerful striker sustained that serious toe injury pre-season at Colchester, and he could yet have a massive impact on this campaign. Crew's former top goalscorer will feel like a new arrival. And we're up for the cup on Sunday. It's going to be a tough task to progress, to savour the excitement and expectation that comes only with that third round draw. Under Paul Cooper and assistant Danny Webb, Chesterfield have established a commanding lead at the top of the National League. Portsmouth unbeaten and fielded a very strong side when they travelled to North Derbyshire, but they were knocked out at the first round and the O's will need to be at their best if they're to achieve the glory and much-needed additional income that a run in the Cup could provide. Thanks very much, Dave, as usual, for another Victor's View. And um, he's touching on the Cup and we will be touching on the Cup too. Uh, unfortunately, we, we were hoping to uh, have a chat with Danny Webb, um, but uh, I spoke to Dan and, and Chesterfield uh, felt that they'd rather wait till after the, after the, um, the fixture. So um, hopefully we'll speak to Dan in a, in a few weeks' time. And um, Anyway, Chesterfield coming up, Barry, and um, it's... Uh, yeah, we, we haven't touched on last night yet, have we? We discussed last night. 
Not on the game, Andy. No, we haven't really discussed the game in any detail. Well, you can do. Yeah, you can do. You've got you've got about two minutes. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say that you know, obviously, and I'm, I'm, I just want some balance about we've conceded uh, three times in a lot over 45 minutes the last few times. Yeah, uh, just for some balance, we have actually got two points for, after 90 minutes this season as well. So it could be much worse. Yeah, I mean, the we, last minute goal with Ford and the last d- minute goal d- last night. Stat. I mean, yeah. basically, we, we just touched on last night for a minute or so. Um, it, they kept going. I think that's the. That's well, it was the all last second point. off. And I yeah. thought it was a draw was a fair result, and you know, ninety minutes ticks over and you're one nil down. One one all was a great result, and mm. we nearly blew it at the end. And Jordan Brown is very unlike him, but I'm so glad because I think we would all been absolutely horrified if that one had gone in. Yeah, I mean that that's you when you twist it to the, the the positive is they didn't give up and they just kept plugging away and in the end you got something and uh, uh, as you say probably a fair result and um, yeah it's a side above us they're eleventh they're in decent form you know. decent form I can't remember their form yeah. but we um we yeah very good at home and we outplayed them in the second half totally so I'm trying to look at the positives there. Okay. Um, you want to talk about Chesterfield? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, because Tommy's just beaten us. That's why. Yeah, Chesterfield uh, are, are obviously a tough test because they're flying top of the National League. We know how it was when we were flying top of the National League. We'd have fancied ourselves against the. I watched them against Southend on yeah. the box the other night. They yeah. lost. Yeah, they were rank. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> Don't mince your there's words. Balance, there's balance. There's balance again. Yeah. Balance again. But you know, I think we should have enough to win. And the third round, obviously, is the golden tick can be the golden ticket. So I'm sure that we'll, we'll want to get through. Mm. Um, I see us having a sort of 65, 70% chance of winning the game, but Chesterfield will be up for it for sure. Yeah, I mean, golden ticket, it might have been 20 or 30 years ago, but, you know, because you get well, an away game against the Premier League, son, find this 10,000 in the ground. And they put their know? C team out, not even their B team anymore, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, it's still money spinner for the clubs, and it's, it's still some revenue, and there's yeah. still some uh, something to look forward to. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, how do you think it's going to pan out? What's your prediction? I'd say we'll nick it 1 0. You think we're going to nick it 1 0? Question, and uh, are you going up to the game or are you. Uh, are you uh, no, I'm watching. not watching. 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 My boy is uh, their home to West Ham on Sunday, so a bit, bit of a family rivalry. That, uh, but no, I think we'll win. I think we'll win 2 1. Hopefully, we'll get a nice draw. Uh, on the FA on the FA Cup, uh, the youth team actually won last night as well. So they're yeah, that's a good result new, against Stringwell. Well, well done round. to them. So yeah. Newcastle away is it? Yeah, so I wouldn't mind that. Favourite city in the UK actually Newcastle. So we'll have a double trip to Newcastle. Oh, well done to them. That's a great draw as well, isn't it? Brilliant. I just wish they hadn't played it on the Tuesday night because uh, I'd, I'd have gone along last night if it weren't for the fact that I was watching the first team in Bristol. Yeah, I mean, we went uh, a, a few years back. We played at Aston Villa in the Youth Cup and won. And then we got the next game we lost by a, the old goal to Chelsea. I well, I was also there at the Millennium Stadium when they won uh, silverware for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, So under Martin yeah. Ling. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Right, well, thank you guys for coming in. And uh, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Let's uh, hope we can uh, get into the third round draw. And we'll leave you with the man sitting opposite me with his guitar. Barry Galvin. When I sit with my sound, we're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found. But sadly, comes again. We'll be trying to do our best. To cheer all those on who wear the vest. Whatever challenge, whatever test. We're laying on you from a ten. We're laying on you from a ten. This is our club. We are proud So sing it up And sing it loud We were formed in 1880
Phoenix FM News.